0: Welcome to the Bald Move TV Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all them TVs. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering a few shows, a couple of new shows that just came out. The strain It's Premier Palooza this weekend. Lots of stuff came out. The strain, extant, extant. I don't know how you want to say that. Uh Masters of Sex has come back for its second season. We're going to be talking about all that stuff. Let's start with the strain. Uh. Ugh. I oh, think I just pulled oh, something. Oh Jesus! <laughs> He's going to the grunt well, as going he frequently the, does. Going to the
1: grunt well. <laughs> uh, what did you think overall of the premiere of The Strain? It earned another few weeks of me watching. Okay, okay, but it it but also barely. annoyed the shit out of me in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I've 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 made this realization. The closer you get to, like, science and some realism in your drama, the more I'm critical when you don't sweat the details. If you want to keep things supernatural and loosey-goosey and, you know, it's okay. just mad I'm, like, the opposite of you. Like, magic? Whatever, man. It's, it's sufficiently <laughs> advanced technology. But you try to s- fucking start explaining things in terms of biology and proteins and parasitism. Yeah, yeah. I... I I feel like you if you can't... list how many precautions you need to take when you're handling this
0: type of stuff, and then you don't take those fucking precautions in the show, it's I problem. get up in arms.
1: Yeah. However, there's a lot to like in this show. There is. There there's is. some fun, There's some really great uh, actors attached.
0: Yeah, Russo's uh, in this. Yeah,
1: what's this, Corey Staller? Co- I think it's just Corey Stahl. It's Corey Stahl. Yeah. Uh, who is the bald Pete Russo who did phenomenal... I volcanic did not... work in House of Cards season one. Didn't even recognize him with hair. It's it, he's he's ro- I think he got that wig on loan from Bill Shatner. That's like <laughs> Con era Bill Shatner hair. Sure, okay. Uh,
0: it is stunning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's a flowing, glorious mane of. So so let's talk about not his own hair.
1: What what <laughs> works in this show? We got some good acting. We also got yeah, uh, yeah. Lord Walter Frey. Uh, sure. And yeah. who's uh, also Fitch from Harry Potter has a super intriguing storyline to me. He is the best thing in the show so far because he's got yeah. this aging, even more aging than normal, kind of infirm uh, Van Helsing quality going on. That he yeah. is the survivor of the last vampire wars, uh-huh. and he's got uh, this little pawn shop that he runs. It's it's where he's collecting the silver. He's collecting silver prominently. Uh, he's got this heart in a jar that still beats and has worms in it, and he feeds. This has uh, got to be blood.
0: His wife, right? I because he says enjoy, dear, when he pours when he pricks his finger and puts the blood in. It could be. It could be the heart from his dead wife. Or so it makes me wonder what relationship he has with the vampires, and you can tell that
1: there's a big history here. That I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of. Well, I thought in it was ambiguous at the beginning, but by the end, it seems fairly clear that he's a vampire hunter, or he's yeah, definitely yeah. anti vampire. But, but like, what happened with his wife? Did well, she get turned into a vampire? Well, and now, a man, you're all on the wife theory. I am. I'm all over the wife theory. That could be, uh, you know, he could he could be gay. That could be his uh, lover. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. He could also just have a really weird Stockholm syndrome relationship with this heart, and it's his could mortal enemy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Could be a child. Uh, although that was a pretty big heart. Big heart. That's a big
1: fucking heart. Big heart.
0: Uh, uh, so I, I don't know, but I'm super curious.
1: Synchronized in stereo us. That was... uh it's the kind of quality entertainment you get here at Paul's <laughs> <laughs> So that's awesome. And yeah. I can't wait to hear more of his backstory. The... Uh, he, he pulled a full-on Prince Oberon with that guy's wrist and the dagger, again, mm. in the pawn shop. That was badass. He's got that, you know, looks like maybe a pure silver cane or a silver-plated cane. uh uh-huh. That's going to be cool. Uh, there's a lot of creepy stuff involving the yes. little girl at the end. That scene at the end blew me away. A little bit of let the right one in
0: kind of creepiness. Because I didn't feel the creep—it surprised me with the creepiness. I didn't see that coming because the show— did some kind of gory stuff and it did some kind of like jump scary type stuff but the jump scares the yeah. creepiness factor wasn't there
1: until that very last scene for me anyway well, I, I, maybe i'm so notoriously immune i'm exceptionally immune you are a tough to nut it. to crack but the Guillermo del tormo touch of the corpse is slowly getting up and you have this kind of vampire slash zombie mashup and then mm. to this Neil Diamond set to this Neil Diamond. Yeah, song, yeah, yeah. Kind of Quentin Tarantino-esque as well. Sure. I dig that vibe. Mm-hmm. The show looks great. It's one of those shows that's very cinematic looking. It looks like it's been filmed on quality film stock and it's got this important feel. It's not networky that we'll talk about when it comes to X-Stand.
0: Yeah, I mean – I. I wasn't totally feeling that. It's not like a Boardwalk Empire. It's not like a Breaking it's Bad. It's not that
1: lush, but sure. But it, it does have a certain quality
0: to it, yeah. But I
1: think part, just not to critique your DVR too much... But oh, okay. I I do feel like that for whatever reason, Jim, he's got an off-brand DVR from this uh, (laughs) regional fiber optic company. You got the best internet, Uh, but dude, that DVR sucks ass. And I'm actually thinking that it might have looked better if we'd watched it live because totally that encoding is no bueno, man. It's terrible. It it
0: stutters when it plays back a little Uh, bit. Yeah. Although I gotta say, it was recording three shows. At the same and time smoke on was Sunday, was rolling out yeah. that motherfucker. You had the leftovers, you had the strain, and you had
1: something extant, maybe, maybe at the same time. So it was bad news. So I I I, uh, I watched it uh, or no no we watched it together a lot. Uh, yeah yeah in uh, Monday morning, but I'd like to see it on you know real 1080i and see if it looks a little better because I suspect that some of that fakiness might be from the encoding. Okay, um, could be. I there so. The effects are really good, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, the effects are great. But I'm starting to get into the parts that maybe not I'm I'm worried about. Number one— There's a lot I'm worried about. This guy with uh, Pete Russo, Congressman Russo, his family shit, oh, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> because— I can't take it serious when this guy's not taken serious. He's, like, going in, and this okay. is, like, the final uh, shot at keeping his family together or doing some kind of counseling, and he shows up late, and he's treating it like mm-hmm. a big joke, and, like, he's – you know, he's saying shit that should have probably been dealt in the first episode. So it's hard for me to take that serious when I don't feel like the characters in the shows are taking it serious. Like, where's the emotional weight? And also – I mean, that is – that is
0: his character, though, Right. I mean, he's a guy who clearly is far more interested and involved in
1: his job for for necessary reasons than he is in his family. So is that a plot point, that he is a smarmy asshole that doesn't really give a shit about his wife or kids, and that's in the situation, but he's too stupid to see that? Because that's what I got, and I don't. that makes a yeah, character yeah. unlikable, and I don't know that you want your hero to be unlikable. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. To the extent that he is the hero of the show.
0: Yes. I, I
1: think he is the hero of the show, if if not Walter Frey. It's- I mean, I've got sympathy for dudes that have jobs like this because um. these jobs are no no <laughs> Say joke. It. Say it. These jobs are no joke. If you've got like a high level <laughs> CDC job or in politics yeah. or you know up in a major company where thousands and in this case millions of people are are depending on you to do your job, mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that and have kids and are married. Sure and and it's it's I'm sympathetic when I see characters like that, and it's a, it's a sad because you got this drive to do this, and you got this need to help, but you also are the people that care about your the people you care about the most are suffering there's a lot of pathos to that, I think that's what they're going for, but weirdly, they played it in this like emotionally detached way that yeah made me kind of like, you know what I hope she's happy with this dude, and I hope this son. Uh, eventually learns to accept how absent you've been in his life. I I don't know. I don't. It wasn't a good look for yeah, me. Yeah,
0: he he felt very much like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar to me. Like where you know he's got this high power job and he does genuinely care about his kid, but he doesn't have the time or mental energy to spend on the kid until the kid is presented in front of him. Like he's he doesn't think about his kid. He doesn't want to make arrangements to see his kid. Everything else is more important until the kid's there, and then he'll kind of engage
1: yeah i mean that's true and uh i I mean which doesn't negate your point at all uh, no and i'm (laughs) thinking like jim carrey did play that as just an up and up asshole you did totally buy his relationship with his son yeah uh but he had to be brought down sure Uh, that this show is what the whole movie was about but this show is not this isn't liar liar this is about ostensibly uh a buy a bio science vampire take which i like that's the other thing I really like this kind of gritty realism explanation for the vampires. It's refreshing after the True Bloods and the Twilights and the Underworlds and all the and, mm. and even the uh, uh, the the Blades, which had a little bit of science light. It's refreshing to see someone trying to take it this seriously or make it plausible of how a creature like this could exist and how they would yeah, spread yeah. through feeding. Uh, certainly gruesome when that one yeah. dude went to town. Oof. With that giant proboscis. Well, that's another joke when they're saying, this thing's so fine and delicate, uh, the scalpel couldn't... And it's like a fucking elephant tusk uh-huh. going through the guy's <laughs> neck. Yeah, okay.
0: Sure. Um, so they they do try to explain... I feel like there are two classes of monsters in this. There's the vampire who has the coffin and can shoot up to the ceiling with a, he's a, the elder a super heavy box. Whatever, yeah, he's, yeah, he's the progenitor of all this uh and then i feel like there is a second class of like zombie mind controlled corpses almost uh people certainly
1: that are controlled by these little worm dealies and we don't um, so another question i have is are these like a hive mind are they all more or less mouthpieces of the one true vampire and they've got this insect type of you know mass intelligence uh, or are these people? They have a little bit of their former selves, mm-hmm. but they just now have new priorities because they're you know transformed literally into a different organic organism. You know that like yeah. French girl can speak French and she apparently can navigate her way back home, for, <laughs> even though she apparently has been in Germany this whole time or France or whatever. And now she navigates deftly from the airport's morgue to her father's bungalow in Manhattan. Sure. Hell, I don't know. Um yeah <laughs> but that so so let let's let's get into the problems
0: well, okay, so you mentioned uh setting up these expectations of realism uh with your science. they set up a couple of things that I don't think that they can maintain, and that is one this this German guy who's kind of a s- a, a third class of vampire here he's well not, depend- he's not lestat he's not the the crazy jumping around vampire. He's not the zombie, but he's in the middle somewhere, blinking with weird Mm. sideways eyes. Uh, (laughs) He is set up to never breathe in this whole show. They make it a point, sure. They make it a point to say, oh, when you don't have to breathe, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can maintain that. They're gonna show this guy, this human being, portraying this thing breathing at
1: some point. So I'm a little annoyed that they try and set that up because I know it'll fail. Well, they can make it a plot point of like you've got to remember to, you know, maybe they do it for keeping up, up, keeping up appearances. That feels very true, bloody to me. It's like I'm pretty sure that is. Let's throw a plot point out there just because we know we can't do this thing that we've set out to do. Sure. Uh, That. Is the least of my worries. Sure. My thing is, you can't kid up in this Deep Space Explorer outfit to check out this airplane. Uh-huh. And then quant- you take all the humans and you put them in these really cool self-sealing tins, which are very cool and is very technical. And I was getting a, a technocrat boner going on. Even how they close those things, yeah, it was yeah. really cool. I wish I had those on my Ziploc bags, man, because I still to this day <laughs> you know Ziploc- how
0: expensive that would be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, just being able to like whoosh, and it sealed. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. But then they're going through their cargo again. They don't have, they don't know how this spreads. Uh-huh. They don't know whether it's bacteria. They don't know anything about it. This guy is just muscling open the head of the C D C or whatever he is, mm-hmm. is just muscling open this giant coffin with evil skull carvings all over. Yeah. Wood organic last time I checked. Uh huh. Definitely something you can't sterilize. Sure. It's full of fucking dirt. <laughs> which we later find is full of these fucking worms. Uh-huh. They're just opening it up. No mask, no gloves, no nothing. That's insane, Jim. Immediately after he tells these, after he
0: muscles his way in and, and proves his prowess by telling these guys what kind of precautions you take and how these things kind of spread.
1: And what's really, and I'm thinking, okay, well, someone's going to end up getting infected this way. Yeah. And it's going to be, but it turns out they, that no, it's just a nope. plot hole because that yeah. one master vampire is perfectly capable of feeding, infecting people himself. Yeah, uh, the all the corpses that got transported off site are perfectly able to go back home and spread. Uh, I I just it drove me crazy. I don't understand why they would do something like that. It
0: I don't know. It it feels it would like... have been
1: just a coolest scene if it had been roped off and tinted off, and they opened it up like X Files style with all the hazmat suits on. Yeah. They Absolutely. had the sets. They had the suits. It's not like it was a, <laughs> a cheapness thing. It just like nobody thought of it. And that – I don't – why do you yeah. – why do I care more about your universe than you, Gero del Tormo or whatever his name Tort del Toro? Yeah, that's it. You got it. Uh, <laughs> so the other thing that's that's kind of interesting to me – do you have any other problems with this before we move on to the things that you like? You just get some and... minor stuff. Like you got an air traffic controller that's waxing poetic about how big aircraft are. Oh, like oh, fuck yeah. you, man. You, you see air- –
0: yeah.
1: That's like me being, you know, saying like, "You ever think about p- podcast microphones? <laughs> like, you know, they can like transmit our voice and turn it electricity and save it to a computer. It's freaky." Maybe man. the guy was just stoned out of his mind. Sure, I, yeah. I think air traffic controllers massive stoners. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I there's a lot of its affectations like this. Uh, the doctor Ephraim, the congressman Peter Russo, he's mm. drinking milk.
0: Yeah, Weird. bullshit.
1: Stupid. That's a du- that's a dumb tick to give your character. This is, I don't disagree. <laughs> I just
0: I think it's funny how uh, pointedly you put
1: that. Well, I just you know, it's like I was thinking about because we saw the riff tracks of um, Sharknado. Sharknado, yeah. brilliant. By the way, it was a live riff tracks of the old Mystery Science Theater guys getting together and making mm. tearing a new one on this show. This show that is aware that it's stupid, but it's just a sublime experience. They're mm. advertising their Godzilla. Riff live riffing uh the 1990s godzilla and i was thinking of matthew broderick's character and how fucking squirmy and like they just jam so many fucking quirks on this guy he didn't feel like a real character i feel like they're doing that with with this ephraim dude yeah he's this apex uh professional asshole who drinks milk Who's got this <laughs> loser family, but he's got this intense relationship with the son. It's like
0: when you're explaining his character. Yeah. Oh, he's a really smart guy. He has this rocky relationship with his family. He drinks milk. Yeah. He, he, wait, wait. He what? Yeah. He drinks uh, milk he, out
1: of... He, he, drinks, milk. he out, drinks milk. Out of a cafeteria school <laughs> container. Yeah. And I, I, I just, it's silly. Yeah. I, and It's just stuff like that, man. It 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 fucking pisses me off. All uh, right. All the, all, all the extra guys, like the Marilyn Manson rocker... Yeah, yeah, Get the fuck out of here. Although, I kind of
0: like that it's complete bullshit. His persona is not who
1: he is. But that, to me, that's like they were, like, smoking up in the writer's rooms. Like, you know what? He should just be, like, all about it. And it's a complete put-on, which I'm sure most of that stuff is. He should be Marilyn Manson, essentially. The lawyer who thinks their fucking firm is hot shit. Oh, yeah. I don't know any law law firms. Do you know
0: who I am? Keller and Keller.
1: (laughs) I know the ambulance chasers to advertise... Baker Wha- and Daniels ba- and, yeah. and something
0: now. I uh,
1: no, I, that, these are just, like, stereotypical bullshit characters I don't care about. Maybe that's the point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I haven't figured it out. Uh, There's a lawyer downtown Indianapolis named Mark Zuckerberg. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> does, he, does he represent people that have been harmed by social media? <laughs> he should. Uh,
0: so a couple of things I think I might like about this show.
1: Oh, one other thing. Oh, boy. Okay. These super sophisticated, uber, world control vampires, mm-hmm. when it's time to do an important task, it's time-sensitive and has to be dealing with government agencies and cops, they get a fucking thug just standing around in the street with his thumb up his ass at 1 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> visible <laughs> gang tattoos, can't go five seconds without fucking saying shit like puto. Look, uh-huh. I I swear a lot. And I get I I, loot, I I've been known to fly off the handle a few times, mm-hmm. but I can rein that stuff in. Like I'm I'm not a believable guy to be doing this kind of stuff. This guy who's just some extra from fucking Oz, uh-huh. they tap him to do this critical thing. That's stupid.
0: Yeah, especially yeah, I, I'm with you
1: when standing right next to. And you got this sick old billionaire guy. I don't know what his deal is, but they've yeah. got like he's got an army of these black suited. Uh, s or secret service slash butler types. Mm. Send one of those assholes. He's he's made. He's he's stamped out in a factory somewhere to do jobs like this. Yeah, yeah. And you go into the street and get some idiot that you've got because you've got leverage over him. Uh How about the dyed-in-the-wool professional that will take a bullet for you? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's just silly. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, they can tie it in later to his mom and his idiot brother to hell up the pawn shop? I'm sure yeah. that's going to be it. I'm super excited to see where that's going.
0: Yeah, totally not excited for that, but I'm sure it will come back um, while I show it. Some some stuff that I am kind of excited for, but uh, could be interesting, could be total bullshit, is this concept of love being both the grace of humanity and the downfall of humanity, and how that ties in with their plans for what appears to be just manhattan like manhattan is a sick place according to these people and they want to cleanse it they want first, to purify it i think is the
1: words they use first manhattan in the world or is this going to be like a gotham experiment like uh in the fir- in the christopher nolan batman where they had the raza ghoul uh-huh. shadow league I, I don't know they're going to take down new york to send Maybe. The human cattle a message could be uh I, I'm just, I'm really curious about, you know, I,
0: I like the, the idea that something such a powerful concept as love could be both a good thing and a bad thing um, taken to extremes and, and how that ties into specifically the kind of general idea I think that most people have of, you know, what Wall Street and kind of some of the shit that goes on in Manhattan and how that's yeah. like a power center for America right now. Uh, Getting deep on me, Jim. Uh, it, sure, and I think
1: the show might be trying to go there. Actually, I, I'm that's a one that's kind of like a plus and a minus for me. Yeah, because yeah. it's self-important. Like love, love is a weakness. Sure. love is a strength. It's love is a little is love, blah. <laughs> I'm worried that that's just going to be some cold-hearted smack that they put on the pilot to juice it up, and we'll never hear that again. It could be,
0: yeah. Without that narration, I think it's a much less interesting concept. Although I want to know why why Manhattan is the place that this vampire cannot get to or all is lost, according uh, to Walter Frey, anyway.
1: Like, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Because they, they, they say, like, take this coffin and get it over the bridge. You got to do it before daybreak, uh, yeah. or
1: else what? He bursts into flames?
0: But why would he, just
1: because he's not in Manhattan? And then... You, if he's in a coffin... Yeah, where sleeping in I, what I'm sure is his native soil, which I'm, I, uh, it, I do... It's interesting to see how they mix some of these vampire myths. Like their mm-hmm. you know their sensitivity, the sunlight, they fluoresce and it seems like it does something to the worms when they shine the UV lights over yeah. things. It does something interesting. Um, and in the plane, I think the zombies backed off when – or no, those weren't even zombies. Those were people. Yeah. And I'm wondering – Just regular people. Are they not infected? They what? might be immune to it. That would be interesting if there's a class of humans that are immune. As there is to most diseases and most types of organisms. Sure. Uh, And certainly there's – I like the body horror aspect of this too, that these are – this is a disgusting transformation – yeah. You know, almost pod people style mm-hmm. where you've got the Ooze person, but they're not their the veins. person anymore, but they can still, so you got the zombie flavor, but they can still talk. And he mm-hmm. has you know, all the creepy things about Morgan standoff with his wife in the walking dead, except for she can also talk to him.
0: Yeah. Well, and, while I was watching this. I kept thinking of Dean Koontz winter moon, huh. which uh, has reanimated corpses of this guy's family, and they come back and they're they're definitely corpses though they're decomposing but it had the same kind of the same kind of vibe to me and I don't know why
1: hmm. yeah and, you know there's a lot of other tropey stuff where van helsing shows up and wants to speak to someone in charge and they're immediately dismissive which that makes sense but then he gives specific details that no one but the authorities would know, and it's still like, ah, oh, he's a crazy old man. He's got a silver fucking sword cane. Yeah, that, yeah. That I, I was actually cheering him on when he's giving those details. I'm like, that's the right way to do this because I thought they're just <laughs> going to do the whole like, I, I can't yeah. tell it here. It's too important. Which that's easy dismisses his court. But he gave you some details. It'd be like if yeah. someone called about a crime. Mm-hmm. And said, I know this, you found this barrier, uh, uh, this body here, and it was hair was braided and such and such. Suddenly, yet comes from a random kook to like prime suspect or some person of interest. The yeah. fact that he was just shuffled off, I thought that. Well, it it's did. It's a little too tropey. I, I hate that. It, it did give the, the female scientist, or
0: I don't even know what you call them, epidemiologist, maybe? I think it's exactly what you call them. Okay. Uh, it did give her pause, certainly. She, and Sean
1: Aston seemed like he was kind of Let's talk about him cuz he seems to be working with
0: the vampires. He,
1: maybe? He they had leverage over him in the same kind of way they had leverage over the hood rat, it seemed to me. Cuz so, he said the same thing to the the to the hood yeah. rat that the hood rat said to the German vampire, who by the way was yeah. the uh a German officer who got beat to death by the bear Jew and inglorious bastards. It's oh, the only other place okay. I've seen him in.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. That could be interesting when you have a guy on the
1: inside of this investigation working against it. Yeah, because they're obviously – these vampires are not going to take no for an answer. They don't give a shit about how, how yeah. out he wants and, and what leverage do they have and how long have they been working. Those are, again – I'm giving this show several more weeks before yeah, yeah. it gets – And the other thing is I might have gauged the temperature wrong. I thought this was going to be you know, straight-up realistic horror, and mm-hmm. it might be campy horror, or it might just be schlocky horror, which I can get down with. Like I, I like American Horror Story. I like True Blood. Uh-huh. Walking Dead drives me crazy because it's wanting to be a serious <laughs> drama but, but also does stupid shit. Yeah. So I might have to downshift and treat this as a different show, and I can enjoy it on that level. But I came okay. expecting one thing, and I felt like I got another, and that's always a red flag for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about Extant? Yes, let's. All right. Uh, you have some fairly strong opinions about Extant. So I, I think I it's
1: terrible, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want okay. to see any more of it. Uh, it has I
0: never want to see another frame.
1: It has one good idea that I'm interested in, and I the androids, right? The Android yes. boy okay. and the poor man's George Clooney replacement from uh, later seasons of ER. Their uh, relationship is interesting. His passion for that project is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually love artificial intelligence. Yeah, um, AI the movie. Right? There is a yeah. there's something there's something about the pathos of the little boy. Android and the mommies that don't love him that speaks to deep fucked up things in, in my heart. <laughs> love and, that and the effects for CBS. They're good. Yeah. Are really like that Android thing of popping out. Like we've come a long way from the days of the really shitty data skin. Like uh-huh. <laughs> you know popping open and uh, when he changed his batteries or flipped his batteries, that looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is the one lone good idea, and to see. And and the core idea of her having this mysterious experience in space is interesting as well, but they are handling it in a very schlocky way, and everything else about the show I think is terrible, from the Japanese stereotype billionaire that does nothing but sample – exotic sushis and has a private museum that has weird th- It's like you got a samurai armor and you got a fucking dinosaur head and you got a african yeah. dancing mask and like <laughs> what the fuck what does this collection have in common pick a culture and go with it man and his office is this actually old- he does he picks japanese culture and he just rolls with it 100 percent. that's a japanese tyrannosaurus rex head
0: i mean no 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 but I, there's there are no other Types of cultures in his Oh, I his thought life. there was.
1: I thought it was just what? a pastiche. I saw a samurai. I saw a bonsai tree. Or not a bonsai tree. It, to but me, a, it's like the the uh, TGIF museum <laughs> collection. It's like, what do we got in storage here? Just throw it out and put a glass case on it. Boom. Rich guy's museum. He's in his office. There's this is uh-huh. an open air thing. He's he's just yeah, contemplating yeah. a waterfall. When you're fa- That's... That is some idiot writer's idea of what a billionaire CEO does it uh, Completely.
0: It's, it's also an idiot writer's version of the future. Uh, like, his table, when he's sampling this sushi or whatever he's eating, lighting from below does not work as a light source for human beings. No. Lighting from above is there for a reason because right. we don't like fucking looking directly into light. So when right. you light your whole entire table, that's just going to cause you not to be able to see anything on the table. Yes. It's a terrible idea. And and it looks cool. Because it film, looks though. cool, it's
1: the future way of things. No. I no, mean, no it, one would use that table. His, his so his dining room looks like an Apple commercial. Essentially, yeah. Uh no, that's that is also. That would terrible.
0: be my personal hell. Put me in that room and make me sit there for <laughs> like a week and
1: I would go crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> uh yeah. I, I don't know what else. So I have a very,
0: very low tolerance for these am I crazy, am I sane plot lines. And the rest of the show has to be excellent for me to have that propped up on top of it. Sure, And I don't feel like they have the gravitas with the rest of the show to pull off the plot that they're trying to pull off with Halle Berry and her two colleagues. Right. No, uh, uh, like you said, it feels schlocky. Um, this idea of not trusting anyone, and everybody's the, that she's left it,
1: with at the very end. Well, why should I trust you? Every, and everybody's keeping information from everybody. They are, and that's also tiresome. That your suspense is entirely like you know you could have a conversation to resolve all this. And also, speaking yeah. of quarantine procedure. I just – I can't buy that the Catherine – what's her name? Catherine Hammerine? I I don't know. She's from the practice and – The doctor. The doctor. Who tells her that she's pregnant, right? The idea that this woman can come back from 13 months in space, come back with a pregnancy when she was infertile before, Uh and that is not going to be immediately slapped into quarantine.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: is ridiculous. Sure, that woman is a fucking scientist and has the lives of everyone on Earth potentially involved. Uh huh. And she's just going to be like, "Well, I guess we'll just keep it between us, girls." As a personal Bullsh- favor, as yeah. a bullshit man, this isn't this isn't me loaning you five bucks <laughs> so you can get a sandwich. This is you having like tentacles coming out of your head. And me, like, okay, man, put a ball cap on it. We'll keep it, we'll keep it m- on ourselves. Also, it's the worst of both worlds there because she not only
0: is going to tell people, but she's going to give it enough time to where if this is infectious and this is a problem, it can get out there. Mm-hmm. Like, she's doing the worst for both things. Like, she doesn't say, okay, I'll keep this completely hidden for you. Yeah. It's like, I'll give you a day. Yeah. What
1: good does that do for her or anyone on the planet? I mean, it's like you know. Do you need to tell you need to tell your husband first? Well, then call him in. Yeah, I'll give you you're a not private room. This room. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. No, it's that's again. This would be a one episode show if they did that. Yeah, but that's the, a problem, right? It is a problem. It's a huge logic hole for me, and I. What have problems is speaking with as the Japanese billionaire? What the hell was he doing in that gelatinous cube? Um, I don't know. I don't think. Are we not supposed to know? Is he come? Has he periodically cloned himself to keep peak health? What did he come from outer space? Was he? Is he so before when we talked about the show,
0: you had assumed that he was in some cryo sleep, right? I did because but I was... I don't was, know that it's necessarily that. It could be cloning. Yeah, uh,
1: although he has a lot of built-in memory here, apparently. I, I so I just wanted to see if you had a better yeah, idea because I, I when really we don't. started talking about, it, I'm like, you know, I'm really not sure what the fuck was going on with that. Uh, some kind I, of cryosleep would make sense. Yeah, but where would he? Why would he be cryosleeping on Earth? Did he come from space himself? Why is a you know multinational billionaire CEO in space in the first place? Out of communication <laughs> for months. I. Well, I mean, if so, if you're a billionaire
0: CEO and you've got a lot of investments and you want to see how those investments turn out in the long run, maybe. Maybe you decide, you know what? I'm going to freeze myself for a a little
1: while, or so. Every five years, I'll come. That's an interesting experiment. Every five years, I'll come out of stasis for like six months, readjust my company heading, and then go back to sleep. Yeah, and by by doing that, prolong my life for thousands of years. That's a much more interesting concept than (laughs) than what this this (laughs) show is probably doing.
0: Although we don't know that that's not what they're doing, right? Uh, That's true. I mean, who knows? Who knows? In Um, that case,
1: they're again. I feel like they're burying the lead. This thing with the android little boy. Yeah, uh, It kind of seems like a retelling of AI straight up, but, you know, whatever. That, a lot of people didn't see that movie, and that there's a lot you can explore beyond the two-hour Haley Jo Osmond vehicle. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that, that concept of the Japanese billionaire is more interesting. Mm-hmm. Her having an ex-lover come back as a space ghost and it impregnate her. It feels like the way CBS would sell this
0: show, honestly. It's like, well, we've got a lot of people out there who kind
1: of want this type of story. What type of story is that? A Harlequin novel set in space? Roughly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to hear about the turgid ghost member and her her, her, it's, her parted lips it's just not very... as his hot breath touches her <laughs>
0: neck. It's just not very high concept, right? Like the, the AI android stuff and a billionaire managing an empire over thousands of years is – more high concept than someone going to space and getting pregnant by a mysterious force.
1: Yeah, and also Halle Berry, Oscar winner, but is she really a great actress? Mm-hmm. No. I, we were just talking about that. My like, she's got is a no. large body of work, a lot of it terrible. Some of it's serviceable. Yeah. A few standout roles. Monster's Ball was incredible. Of course. Uh, or Monster Ball. I, is there I think it's Monster's or... Ball. Okay. But yeah, but no, of course. Yeah. But it's like, is she one of those actresses, then unless everything comes together with co-stars and directors and script, that she can just mail it in? Because I honestly felt like a lot of this was just her slumming it. You know, you hear, you know, that used to be the... You know, when a major movie star comes to TV, it's like they've hit harder times. Well, now it's become more of a prestige thing. Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. This felt like she's just kind of cashing a check.
0: A little bit, and I haven't seen Halle Berry in much lately, honestly. Uh, she uh, was
1: in the new X-Men for like three seconds. She did Catwoman. <laughs> that was a long time ago, and <laughs> terrible uh no I mean I yeah, I don't I, have a lot you. I'm not giving this show a second chance if if someone tells me that it turned out to be amazing yeah um you know or Halle Berry dies in the next episode and it becomes about poor man's George Clooney and his android boy yeah I, I'm in I mean I
0: think I'm gonna check in with it like four weeks from now mm-hmm. see how the show has shaped up uh but other than that yeah I'm out too
1: but yeah I mean I who is this show for? Is this sh- it's for and the, the CBS crowd? Ten million crowd, man. people saw this. Is this for this is for people that don't watch science fiction, never seen science fiction, and who want a little m- m- low grade mystery and romance? Probably a little bit of Kevin yeah. Sway or a little bit of uh, yeah, I Patrick mean, Swayze. Obviously, that's who it's for. The question is, is that an audience? <laughs> that's not. Obvious. Does that an audience it's make? It's Not a Jim and Aaron audience. <laughs> no, anyway. it's not. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. We just. To something that I do enjoy and am enthused for, which is Masters of Sex. You have not seen season one. I did see season one. And you're like, well, fine. You just kind of can pitch it to me, kind of like what we do, like I did with The Bridge. A and sexy madman is what you said. I said, it's a sexy madman. Mm-hmm. And that was my high concept pitch. And but I then... said, Christina Hendricks is already in Madman. <laughs> <laughs> but then I decided, uh, I didn't have time to watch it last night. So we decided to watch it this morning or this afternoon, and you decide, well, why why the hell not watch it? And I'm like, fine. And then they had a reasonably rapid-fire previous season on that caught you up on the major themes, and I tried to coach you through some of the rough areas. I thought it did a pretty good job of catching up people who had not seen it. What did you think of it? I'm curious, because I'll tell you how I feel after I get your initial impressions. Uh, Martin, Martin Sheen?
0: Uh, it's Michael Sheen, I believe. My, Michael Sheen? Michael Caine was exceptionally good, uh, as he always is. I mean, I, ever since I saw Frost Nixon, uh, he's really impressed me. I, I didn't follow the story enough to really get into it. Yeah. Uh, because there was so much going on that relied on you having – knowledge of the relationships that have been built over the past season. Sure. Uh, The one thing that did actually work really well because of the preview and because maybe because of some of your explanation of it is Bo Bridges' stuff. Yes, indeed. I thought... I mean, we can talk about the scene with him and his wife in the bedroom. Oh,
1: so uncomfortable.
0: Very hard to watch,
1: but that's the purpose. That's the point, and it worked. I mean, that... That's the cool thing about these flashback shows, because just like Mad Men illustrates the problems of racism, and it touches lightly on what it was like to be a closeted homosexual man in several episodes. More so yeah, with Saul. Uh, And it touches about the glass ceiling of women. This show does that as well in a different environment, but it really shows what a wretched existence it is to be for everyone involved in one of those relationships. Yeah. The, you know what it does to this woman who is a uh, beautiful. In fact, he loves her. That's one thing mm. you might not get from this episode. But this dude does and genuinely love her. Yes. Best friend, super supportive. She's a ride or die chick, but he wants to bone dudes. <laughs> okay, and I did pick that up in the episode. She really loves him. He's a wonderful father. He's very yeah. caring. He's intelligent. Huh. He's okay. very prestigious with this job. Um, and but she wants him to want her and yeah she said she barely feels like a woman and that's and that was just rough to see that mm-hmm. you know he's going and and he's he's doing these electroshock therapies to cure him Ugh, and Jesus, but then he goes home and he, he he works himself into a boner by looking at like, i don't know the gay pornography of the time male esquire but then just fooling around her, he loses the, it's it's it yeah. was so so terrible
0: yeah uh, it's, my heart it's goes sad. out to him. Yeah, it's a, extremely sad. Uh, so that was a really effective scene. I think the stuff with uh, Michael Sheen and his mother was fairly effective in conveying what type of character what he is. you know. Because I know very little about the character. It seems like he, uh, and you told me this as well, but in the episode I think it's shown that he does not care for his child. Uh, he's very much just a
1: man of his career. The kind of guy who probably shouldn't have gotten married and shouldn't have had a kid. <laughs> yes, and the whole the the kind of immaculate conception they had is is interesting as well, and you know uh there's there's a lot to say about that that's not mentioned in this episode, but no
0: I mean I want to say from it's... what
1: you've said yeah that happens. right um... uh
0: but the the relationship then that he must have had with his father that's implied here um and you know his also his mother it's it's a different kind of sad, but it is
1: also sad yeah the so all that stuff's good. I really like the sexual stuff that which you didn't really see other than, you know, from the previews how negatively people reacted to the findings in his presentation of the sex study and how ignorant yeah. people were about hmm. in, in a world we live in where you know we've had real sex on HBO and Cosmo which you know whether it's real or not they at least use the word clit and orgasm and oftentimes on the cover <laughs> and I don't even know Oh, you're talking about the magazine? Yeah, and like women, you know, it's like the fact that you should be sexually satisfied and you should. It's like that's at least an idea that's promulgated. But as little as 60 years ago, that shit was deep taboo. Yeah, yeah. And people didn't know anything about women's orgasmic responses or... Yeah, it felt like that was almost just a dealt with issue in this season.
0: Why did I like it's, season, it's season one dealt on with pause. that done? Now everyone he talks to accepts what he does and Do wants you, to kind of help that him. Because well, Because Greg Grunberg, the, the pilot from lost comes up to him and is pretzel like, pretzel King, pretzel King. Yes. Uh, comes up
1: to him and he's all interested in what he's doing and he has an offer for him. And, well, I feel like that's one of the things is it's, it's, it, it reveals the hypocrisy of these people that are publicly very against this thing and this thing is shocking and disgusting, but then okay, behind, but secretly they are happy it's being done. Well, not only that, but they're just, they, they have this purient interest in it. Sure. That they're horned dogs and. By nature, I mean, human beings are yeah. sexual creatures. It's like Victorian just, era England, you know, They was very straight laced and everybody dressed proper, but then it yeah, got but, shit, got perverted.
0: Everybody's fucking behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> in in doing weird stuff mm-hmm. I, I really like that and it's 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 interesting in the same way that you know when the Drapers went out for a picnic in the park and at the end it's this idyllic setting and then at the end Betty Draper just like throws all her trash into the ravine and 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 Don <laughs> crushes the beer can and throws it in the river and they just walk off and they're like oh yeah that's right this is before the Indian cried and people started giving a shit mm. about yeah. pollution and garbage stuff seeing people just dis- the casual sexes and the casual disregard for women's anatomy uh, is is it, it gives us kind of a funhouse view of our own culture that's the, kind of on display in that bathroom scene with the doctor the yeah where she has to knee him in the crotch yeah. I mean that stuff's kind of hard to watch as well but she's sure. uh, the big problem for me in this series is that bill masters uh which he is very brilliantly played by Michael Uh, Sheen Sheen. is a very unlikable character Hmm. in a way that Don Draper didn't get until much later in the series for some people. But I still find Don very sympathetic. Like they would never have Don if he heard his child screaming and crying. He would never just turn up the stereo to drown it out. Yeah. He would put down the bottle Look at look in the middle distance for about thirty seconds, and then go and <laughs> fucking be the father because he's got to do what he's got to do. When, ultimately. And when and when he does yeah. something terrible to people, he usually feels bad and tries to make up for it. This guy, he's playing it like uh, like as someone that's borderline aspergers, and mm-hmm. not only that, but there's. I, I, this the whole scene you see at the end where there's a kind of like a quasi flashback that a sequence in a hotel where he's like, I didn't want you to get the wrong idea. Oh yeah. I feel like this is that's very dangerous to rehashing a lot of season one stuff. That they hmm. had this okay. like, you know, I'm a happily married man and I'm just uh I'm just interested in your stories for science. Maybe I'm a happily on married purpose. man and I'm just boning you for science. And I'm happy. but he went and said, I the one thing in this world I need is you and all but professed love for huh. her. And then because there was like an awkwardly misunderstood conversation, now he's back into this fucking robot mode. Which the other thing is, this is based on a true story, the Masters and Johnson sex research. I've studiously avoided reading anything about it because I've heard there's some dramatization, but there's a lot of real. And I don't want to, you know, it's like hell, I might as well not spoil myself. Um, so you don't know how accurate of a portrayal to the real master. I don't know what kind is. of relationship they had, or whether it's no. on or getting off again, and they're trying to explain that. But to okay. that I a little groaned at the end. Um, so
0: there's a big difference between Don Draper and Bill Masters, in that Don Draper is sympathetic. He doesn't he doesn't necessarily do this to himself. He's had a lot of childhood trauma.
1: So so is he. Okay, I don't don't know anything about Bill Master's childhood. Well, they mentioned his his father. Yeah, his father didn't care that much. His mother was this overbearing, uh, absent, narcissist character who he has become. But he didn't live in a whorehouse. No. Uh, So so there's that. There's also
0: the charm. He's not going to cry over a Hershey bar. (laughs) There's also the charm and charisma of Don Draper. And that character in that final scene at the hotel handles the situation way, way better. Yeah. Then Matt the bill handles it, right? Which character are you talking about? I'm talking about Don Draper. Oh, oh shit, Don Draper. Yeah. Don Draper smoothes and charms that woman into thinking it might have been her idea to call this
1: thing off. Uh, I think that she's kind of the the only reason I think this might work is because she's aware of his bullshit. So of Bill's bullshit, yeah, like when he's doing this stammering thing about just being professionals, and well, there's a there's a sadness behind her eyes that these two actors in that scene are doing a lot, fantastic. But I wonder if some of that's communicating. She's sad because you know this affair and all that stuff, but also that she's like, "Oh, you're going to do this again." Yeah, she's offended by it. I think. Who by the way, like she's portrayed by Lizzie Kaplan, who if you've never, you're not familiar with her. Uh, she's the things I can think of her. She was one of the outcast friends of, uh, what's her face from Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Lohan from mean girls. Yep. She's the girl whose face exploded in Cloverfield. <laughs> uh, she was Jason Stackhouse's boyfriend in season one of true blood. Okay. And then out of nowhere, she does this awesome dramatic work and also looks really good naked in, in right. this, this, uh, masters of sex show. But anyway, continue. Your she point. gets two check marks.
0: Uh, it, that that was really my point. The Don Draper is a much more charming guy than in our Q- Bill Masters. In our
1: upcoming Q and A podcast, mm-hmm. some people asked us, uh, "Was our was our favorite crossover ideas for characters?" It's just a teaser. And and uh, I just had a, a. I would love to see Don Draper and Virginia Johnson uh-huh. go at it because that's she's <laughs> okay. this. You know, she is like a 21st century. Third wave third third wave feminist sex beast uh liberated woman set in this nineteen fifties atmosphere where yeah. you know and that's that's other weird thing. Like when she's one of these female friends is talking to her, she's basically saying, You should go to the guy who can provide you the lifestyle you want. Fuck love, fuck sexual attraction, fuck any of that stuff, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You gotta go with what's real. That is so alien sixty years later away no yeah there would be net you, you can't set a show in 19 in 2014 and have one girlfriend tell the other girlfriend that it just wouldn't it's sure. it's unconscious it's incontra- unconscious it, it wouldn't seem realistic at all yeah and that's what's interesting that everyone is cheating on everyone because nobody is happy because they're all in these shitty loveless yeah. relationships that everyone nowadays wants to glamorize as the golden age and why can't we be decent like we were back then It's all bullshit. We've never (laughs) been decent. We've never been decent since we climbed out of the trees of Africa. Yeah. Every day we are getting closer to hoping to be decent. Uh, it's arguable that we're as decent as we ever yes. have been in the first world Western. Exactly. S- hemisphere, you know, that, that we yeah. are the apex at this time. And we're going to look back at how we are now in 60 years.
0: and We're going to say, Oh my God, we're, we were fucking Neanderthals. Sure. Certainly. You can yeah. already
1: see the edges of where this is going to yes. be in like the, uh, uh, homosexual rights and the way we treat certain animals. And I mean, I, I could be seen as Neanderthals eating meat. I mean, we could all be vegetarians 60 years from now, or sure. everyone's eating cloned meat and it's ethical meat. It's like, you yeah, actually yeah. fucking killed, you raised and killed animals just to eat them? This uh, Sure. You can see already where it's going. Yeah, it's weird because that's like a technology issue.
0: Like, we didn't have the technology to grow meat in a lab, but with these, it's just like personality-based issues. It's just like, we could have done all of the stuff that we're doing in 2014 and 1950. We just didn't
1: yeah but i mean we had the capacity for it the ability to do it we just didn't we have the everyone has the ability we to hadn't lead, evolved a, that far everyone now. has the ability to lead a vegetarian lifestyle now we just choose not to sure that's what i'm saying that's exactly my point okay yeah all right all right i thought i thought you were making a distinction there no so i'm making a distinction between growing meat in a lab uh versus okay. changing your behavior right right yeah um so I, I again, I think the show's super fascinating. I'm not going to argue yeah, yeah. that it's the best thing on television, and I'm not going to say that it's everyone's cup of tea. If you don't, I feel like if you do like Mad Men, you will probably like this. Although I wonder if some people will see it as a rehash mm-hmm. because the writing and the acting is not as good. But on the other hand, you got nudity
0: and All swearing.
1: Right. Perfect. Sign me up. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got to say about that. All right, I, don't I feel know... like I need to go back and watch season one if I'm actually going to get into this show. Is this something that you're interested in doing now? Because I don't know how much we can talk about this going forward with, with just, you know, a one-sided discussion of it. Uh, I think it's a very solid drama.
0: Uh, I don't know that I'm super interested in the subject. I mean, the 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 idea of sex studies is not, like something inherently interesting to me mm-hmm. um in the way that like uh meth cook a uh, teacher turned meth cook is or an advertising firm in the 50s <laughs> uh, that's not inherently interesting to me which which is a good comparison to mad men i yeah. really thoroughly enjoy mad men it so maybe you while i to would it get into mad men too it did it took two watches of season 1 for me to to get that show so maybe i would if i went back just kind of a hurdle to jump over right so we'll see cool uh, I think, I mean, we were going to talk about Emmys. Do we want to talk about some of the more egregious stuff with the Emmys? And, and maybe... <laughs> the Emmys is... Why it, it's the way it is and
1: what we can do about it. <laughs> I don't know. Because the Emmys in this impossible situation where people can... They, they submit a single episode, which increasingly in the serious drama is a farce. It's a joke. Yeah. You are... Got got these people... The fact, you know, a lot of the kind of edgy next generation critics like Alan Seppelwald don't even have a vote. That's a cr- that's criminal. Okay, uh, but you've got these old dudes uh, that you know cut their teeth on Saint Elmo and family ties and very special episodes of Growing Pains, trying to review Peter Dinklage's work from a single episode <laughs> of the Game of Thrones that they haven't seen the rest of the season. Uh-huh. You got them trying to compare that to Don Draper losing his shit in the conference room over a candy bar. Yeah, there's a reason John Hamm has never won an Emmy and there's a reason but there's other or things Or Carousel how can you properly appreciate an episode like Carousel without well, having seen the whole se- the whole ex- season exactly and and where Brian Cranston though i mean he can submit the episode where he uh, almost gets stabbed by Skyler, and he steals his infant, so and he screams. Spoil too much, and he that, screams. But... We're a family, goddammit! it! People get uh, that. That grabs you by the balls and yes, demands a certain amount visceral. of respect. Yes, yeah. and it's it's acting with a capital A. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think? How How do you judge True Detective? The work that Matthew McConaughey did on True Detective in one single season. Which I think is superlative and excellent, versus the, it is. the final season of Breaking Bad and the work that Brian Cranston did there. And the fact that yeah. you've got, if, if, do you as an Emmy voter, do you only look at that single episode, or in the back of the mind, you think this was a swan song of one of the greatest shows in television that actually had a very satisfying ending? And give it a little nod because of the history and the the breadth of the performance versus a one and done ten episode run.
0: Uh or eight that, episode road. I that I, I have a little sympathy for the people who hand out and and vote on the Emmys because that is a tough call. Yeah. Uh True Detective could turn out to be an absolute shit series except for season one, whereas Breaking Bad has has finished. Yep. And we know that it is an exceptional show. Yep. Uh I I don't know how I solve that problem. First of all, you have to you have to have someone voting who has seen all of those shows in their entirety. <laughs>
1: that's never going to happen.
0: It certainly could.
1: It certainly could. I mean, if you if you It's a lot harder than it is in the Oscars, and that's already Absolutely.
0: For you. Absolutely. It is <laughs> The Oscars is fucking easy. You sit down for 10 hours. You see the five movies that have been 12 nominated. Now, okay. Up to 12. Six, eight, Compa- 18, 140 hours, whatever you want to call it. Compared to. You can do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus the hundreds of hours of television that you would have to watch. Probably a 1,000 hours of television.
1: I, I, I don't think anyone can see everything, which is probably why the Emmys work the way they do. It's a single episode. Give us your best shot, and we'll we'll judge you on those merits. It's just a reason. Sure. It's a ridiculous compromise to it is to human intention span and mortality, which is why it's at kind the, of a farce I at mean the very least you need to have seen all of the
0: recent seasons uh, the the single season that you're submitting yeah and that happened that year you need to have seen all of those for all the nominees okay. that's not too much of an ask that's maybe a hundred hours of television. You can do that in the span of so if that's your for job, that's for
1: drama drama. Are you gonna sure. do it for comedy? You gonna do it for yeah, miniseries? series? Yeah. Well you're all gonna the... have different voters. You're not gonna have the same voters for every category. Interesting. I guess that's that's true. But you have a
0: pool of hundred and fifty
1: voters. You got girls, girls yeah, Louie, yeah. Big Bang <laughs> Theory.
0: Okay, sure, yeah, yeah.
1: None of those are really share any DNA with either of them. They're all yeah. over like it's arguable that Louie was even consistently funny this the this season. I think there's Other a secondary the category bits. you need there. You a need dramedy. a dramedy.
0: Yeah. Hmm. You, you need a girls and Louie category because you can compare those shows. They both have poignant messages to get across mixed in with comedy. And, if- and I think even something uh, even something like Ricky Gervais stuff, like Extras or The Office or Derek even,
1: yeah. belongs in that category.
0: Whereas Big Bang Theory is just a sitcom.
1: So maybe we can. We, it'd be interesting to do another segment on a TV podcast or how we'd fixed Emmys because I feel like the biggest problem yeah. is this is a show that is stuck thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's trying to deal with a product that is. It's the
0: sitcom era stuff, man. It's like all of this is homogenized into these categories.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not true of television anymore because television is a bigger thing. And plus, mini, you know, miniseries back in the day used to be like fucking *Shogun* and *Lonesome Dove*. Yeah. and – Roots, like true miniseries, where Small now, stuff. you know, BBC is like, got you know, Downton Abbey, fucking miniseries, get the fuck out of here, you're they, a they need to crack
0: down on that shit. They and need also, to say you
1: cannot submit True Detective as drama. Also, Downton it's Abbey gets acting and Emmy nods and The Americans gets shut out. Uh, this couple other things I thought was funny is Brooklyn Nine Nine gets a, a, a nod for stunt coordination, <laughs> Banshee and Strike. Uh, fuck, is it Strike Foot? What is that? Yeah, uh, Strike Back. Strike, strike Back. Is it? Strike uh, Back. I've only seen a handful of those episodes, I've never but I'm saying it's I've clearly the best stunt work, And yeah. action thing I've ever seen on anything, and I, I've got to get what? into that. It's
0: on Cinemax, and nobody gives a shit about Both? Cinemax. Yeah.
1: It's HBO. It's but AMC. HBO owns Cinemax now. I figured that that would help them. I mean, HBO. By uh, the way, f- yeah, beats the shit out of everyone. Not, what ninety nine
0: Emmy nominations no, or something no, insane? No, it's ridiculous. But I mean, it's, it's the it's, most of any network.
1: It's not just yeah. drama for, too. For, it's for also comedy. Europe. It's also documentary. I mean, they. If you like yeah. prestige television, you have to have. You have to at least pirate your parents' HBO Go subscription. You know? Sure. I mean. They just consistently fourteen crush years, it.
0: fourteen years in a row. They've been the number one Emmy nominated. That's incredible. That, That's yeah, really incredible. It is. Thank uh, God for them. There haven't been many challengers, though. Honestly, AMC, I mean AMC is an up and comer as of you know three
1: years ago. But now all AMC's got in their slot is one episode or one season of Mad Men and Walking Dead left. And Walking Dead is
0: it's not Emmy material. It's,
1: Used, it could it, it be, it, it dumb, was, but it's but, not going to get a win. Sure, sure. So I don't know. Maybe it'd be an interesting an interesting discussion of how you could fix the Emmys. But I think yeah. just the massive quantity of stuff that you'd have to watch is going to prohibit it ever being the same kind of show that the Oscars... And the Oscars is, is, are perfectly capable of serving up stupid stuff, too. Yeah. So... I don't know how you get any I of these rewards. Think... Shows. They're all advertised. They're just advertising. You know, it, it's just ways for people to drum up advertising and make ad sales. sales DVDs oh, doing these
0: nominations weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand. And I mean, we're talking saying... about it. I don't yeah. even care that much. The reason I'm talking about it is because uh, well, it says like this is in the same category
1: as this show. Oh, I like that show. Maybe I should check out this other thing. plus. Oh, this show got seven you know Emmys. I'm gonna check it out on Netflix or you know I need to subscribe. Look yeah. at HBO at 14 years in a row. That stuff works. Uh, so I think
0: a good start. I don't know how many people judge the Emmys right now. I don't either. Is there, is there a massive pool? Because there should be a massive pool, and they should have different judges for each category. Hmm. I, I, do, I don't know why you would expect one person to judge everything and to have seen everything. Because I feel like you can solve most of this by not just submitting an episode. Submit the whole season.
1: It would be interesting to have a technological solution. Like, they have a pool of, say, 3,000 vetted media yeah. professionals because mm-hmm. you can't this is you bald can't, move included you, no hell no <laughs> you can't let this become the people's choice right so it's got to be no that's a terrible idea it's got to be because closed. the people always vote for American Idol and that's <laughs> it's got to be closed to some sort of professional credential like you got to be a credentialed media critic sure and then you submit the season and you can only vote if you've seen they can track it because you have to log into the Emmy site and okay. watch the stuff on the Emmy site mm-hmm then it logs that. It's kind of like Amazon. You can't do an Amazon verified review unless you've actually seen the product. Yeah. Maybe, maybe what is, that they need to do is have that to where there's a gate where you have to see a certain percentage of the category before you can mm-hmm. even vote. And then once you do, it like kind of weights your vote depending on how much you've seen. It's, it's, it feels huh. like there might be a technological solution to this, a way to weight people's votes to make it a little bit more fair, fair or representative of. Yeah, I mean, there's also some, you know, there
0: is potential for political maneuvering in these sorts of votes. And I think to eliminate that, you need to do a kind of a blind vote. So you don't actually know. The the people who are voting on this are not revealed.
1: Nobody know knows that that's until true.
0: the actual vote has taken place and the numbers okay. are in. Okay. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of political behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on.
1: Well, I already know that, like whether you submit as a series or mini-series or actor or supporting actor, that's completely up to the and what what uh, episode is submitted. I mean, there's I a lot. I don't know how you of, fix that because if you say the judges have control over what category they're placed
0: in, then the judges are just it can be just as bad as the people submitting their. Content.
1: A, the, the problem is it's a subjective. Con- it's just like figure skating. Sure, there's sure. always bullshit in figure skating because you got humans with with their loyalties and agendas and their pride and ego doing this stuff and it's not an objective thing it's a subjective art this is very
0: similar to the game review score type stuff oh where of course it's the same once, same issue once you decide okay we're now going to try to take this objectively we're going to set categories on this on how we review this game graphics uh gameplay audio so that kind of stuff well there's inevitably something that doesn't fit into those categories and and could be great, but how do you judge it? Because you can't quantify it.
1: It's putting lipstick on a pig, man. <laughs> I agree. Uh, that's all With I got. to
0: Emmys. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If you got
1: some ideas, uh, send them into TV at baldmove.com because maybe we can talk about it in the future. I think we're going to do some kind of official Emmy coverage when it, that it gets closer to it. Maybe even don't hold me on this because we could just as easily say fuck it. Mm-hmm. But we're thinking about maybe doing some sort of live Emmy thing. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just a thread on Facebook. Maybe it's actually a live podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. But uh, I just... The Emmys, man... I just see all the omissions. The fact that The Wire never won anything significant. The fact that Mad Men gets shit on. It's the fact that last year, Brian Cranston and John Hamm went mano a mano and they somehow... <laughs> gave the Emmy to Jeff Bridges on the newsroom. Jeff Daniels. Jeff yes, Daniels. Oh sorry, Jeff Daniels in the newsroom. Absolute bullshit. Come on. It's hard to take. It's hard to get riled up about anything when something like that, that is that is objectively bad and wrong. The The trouble is
0: you're arguing against a people's choice kind of award. And yet when you disagree with the opinion of the judges, you want it to be people's choice, Right. No i another piece twenty two saying, that, saying that
1: that's objectively wrong, like <laughs> I agree Jeff 100%. Daniels should have refused to accept the award and hand, and split it in half King Solomon style, and thrown it to Cranston or and or Ham. It's ridiculous
0: I agree with you, but I think there's an inherent
1: problem in that that viewpoint as well that I'm right and and the Emmy people are wrong. I see no problem with that <laughs> viewpoint. of course. All right. Uh, that's it. That's all we're going to talk about the Emmys. I think next week we'll be back with talking about The Bridge and certainly The Strain. Not sure about Masters of Sex. Okay. Uh, we'll see. But until maybe, then. Maybe two weeks from now. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever we feel
0: like it. Yeah. These, these are kind of whenever we feel like it <laughs> podcasts. Uh, so until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See